0: Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Forsella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO Project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. got everything you need to know about getting shit done,
1: and we can do it together. What's up, Brad? There's a friendly voice I know. Uh, how's it going there, Fred?
2: <clears throat> Man, it's going pretty good, I guess. Been getting through it, but uh, doing good.
1: Absolutely, my friend. Uh, it's, quite inspiring to see how, how well you're, you're doing with, uh, with that, with all things. Like, uh, all, like obviously my support and condolences to you, my friend. Uh, I can't even, can't even imagine, uh, like my, my dad's my, my by far my best friend. And, uh, I think that's, that's, uh, to be said, like a, a lot of father-son, uh, combos. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, man, like, yes, yeah, just you watching you get back on the motorcycle and, um, just do some inward thinking and stuff like that. I think that's been really healthy for you and, uh, I hope you're doing well with it.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that. I really do. He was, uh, dad was a pretty rad guy. He was, uh, he was, he was a great guy. He was a pilot, war veteran, uh, you know, yeah. And unfortunately he left before his time. So, uh, that was kind of tough, but yeah, we, uh, we're getting through it. He passed away on the 22nd and then, um, You know, about a week or so after all the services, my wife was like, you need to get out of town, turn off the phones, go do what you love to do. So I hit the road and went to uh, Michigan and raced the Baja Brawl and didn't look at my phones for four days. It was great.
1: That's awesome, man. And and, uh, that must have been uh, as hard as it was. Like, obviously, like, there's, there's there's, there's trying to get away from stuff. There's no really getting away from stuff. It's all inside your head. But just being able to go there and get that sort of like, get the lead out a little bit, focus on something else, um, I, I think that's really healthy for you. And uh, um, yeah, just good, just good to see you get back to uh, like, quote unquote, normal life. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's important to do that, And um, but also as, as much as it's, it's good to, to reflect and uh, uh, I think you've done uh, a fair bit of both and uh I- i'm glad that we were able to uh like uh give you some time to sort of uh figure some stuff out and i know like literally uh the day that he went into the hospital was the day that we were supposed to do our podcast and um yeah. it's uh it's pretty wild the way that that actually turned out the way that is but uh um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about his passing and uh but uh but yeah, I just, I hope that, uh, things are going well for you. Yeah,
2: they are. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Very, very much so. So, uh, awesome. what's happening in Canada?
1: Uh, there's a lot happening in Canada, um, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, I'm not too, I like, guess will give you the Coles notes of it, but, uh, Frank, I graduated high school at 17 years old. Uh, not a very, mature 17-year-old at that, uh, so my uh, and my dad's idea is that I take business uh, at Red River College, and um, I didn't really like that idea, uh, it I wasn't really what I wanted to do, I didn't really think of anything that I could do with it um, once I'd be completed that program, so I didn't give it an honest effort, and uh, I ended up basically flunking out of that and going to uh, bricklaying school, which is what my dad teaches, uh, to his trade, and he wanted me to learn it and whatnot. And, uh, after just over a decade of kind of struggling with not really being a huge fan of laying bricks for a living and and just all the ins and outs of what makes that a difficult occupation here, where it gets to minus 30 in the middle of, uh, the the winter where it's a very seasonal. Yeah. The Arctic circle. Uh, Yes. uh, We do live in the Arctic circle and we do live with, uh, we deal with the polar vortex every single winter. And, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just it, it's not adding up to me moving forward in life and, and buying a house and like uh, and all that all the things that I want to do. Uh, so uh, three weeks ago, I uh, started uh, business administration, the very same program that I was supposed to take as a seventeen year old. Uh, it's a two year diploma program, and uh, I'm learning about economics. I'm looking about accounting. I'm learning about uh, business mathematics and communication skills and everything else that's going to contribute to me to becoming uh, uh, an administrator of business, whatever that's going to look like in about two years' time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there, I'll tell you, my dad always said, "There, you can, you can be a, uh, you can be a trash collector, or you can be the next president of the United States. It doesn't matter what you can, what you want to do. Just get educated. You don't have to use it." But you'll never have to apologize for having too much education.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, I – uh so that that was basically – Do what you want bad. with it. Sorry?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, what I'm saying is do what you want with it. Go get yeah. a degree, and if, and if you want to use it, fine. If you don't want to use it and you want to go back in the business, that's fine, too. The worst thing that comes out of it is you're more educated
1: than you are now. Absolutely. And that ain't a bad I- deal. I totally agree, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's been uh, a big transition for me, obviously, because uh, I've done more writing and thinking and schoolwork in the last three weeks that I've done in the previous 13 years. So that's a big change for me. But uh, um, yeah, like uh, right after this podcast, uh, I'm gonna break open my uh, microeconomics textbook because I got a test tomorrow and. Uh, we're going to see if, uh, like, I've set some pretty high goals for myself in the program, man. Like, uh, I wasn't really a, a high-achieving high school kid whatsoever, but uh, I've learned a lot. I'm one of the older students, and uh, I, I want to be one of the tops in my class. So, uh, that's, that's sort of the goal that I've set up for myself, and uh, hopefully yeah. I'll be able to uh, to achieve it.
2: Oh, yeah, you'll do it. Yeah. You'll do it, for sure. Yes, well. Yes, that's great, man. I'm happy you decided to do that. I always love hear when you guys decide to go back to school.
1: I I got
2: my degree, uh, but I, uh, you know, I mean, I, back then it was a little bit different. I mean, I graduated from University of Georgia, but, you know, it was, uh, you know, you could work your way through college. It wasn't that expensive back then. You know, um, combustible engines had just come about to the world. so <laughs> It wasn't very expensive to get around. I mean, it. it I think it cost me nine hundred and thirty-five dollars every quarter to go to the University of Georgia, and I. Wow. And now that's a in-state. I couldn't even tell you what it's thirty, probably thirty grand a year. Who knows? In-state. I don't
1: yeah. even know. Oh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Um, but uh, but go docs anyway. Um. Yeah. But yeah, like, uh, I, it's, I wanted to have you on the podcast because, uh, like, just the fact that you uh, went back to uh, Loretta's this year, I wanted to get that story okay. out of the way. I think the last time we talked, you were on Husqvarna's, so you've switched colors. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I think you just, you just have such a cool story in the fact that um, you're a successful guy who works hard, who plays hard, who's got such a passion for the sport, and, uh Um, you just like, I think like of all the people that I follow on social media, I think you probably do some of the coolest things. And, uh, I think that's, uh, that's something to be said for, uh, uh, for a guy from Urietta uh, Georgia who just sort of, uh, uh, loves the sport and and, and does so to the best of his ability, whatever that looks like.
2: Yeah. Well, no, that's cool. Well, sure. We can, uh, a lot of stuff to catch up on then. So yeah, you tell me whenever we need
1: to go, we'll start. And Absolutely, and I fully intend to uh, to maybe uh, cut down uh, Jason Assad a couple of times over the course of the next hour. But uh, yeah, like uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. We'll throw down my intro, and uh, we'll be off the races. Sound good?
2: Sound good. Hit it.
1: All right. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and save 15% off every single one of your purchases by entering Radio 15 upon checkout with your discount code. I'm your host, Brad Gabbard. I'm on all of these podcasts, but uh, a special guest with me on this evening's episode, or whenever you're listening to this particular episode, I guess it's not a live episode, is a great friend of mine. He's extended an invitation to me in the past to stay at his place for the Atlanta Supercross. We attended Tongue and Groove together, and we've exchanged many... Of conversations back and forth on both Instagram and Facebook over the years, just discussing the uh, the beautiful sport that is motocross. He is an extremely talented uh, racer in his own right and does some of the coolest things uh, on a calendar year. That uh, I honestly just stay up here in the, uh, the polar vortex and I'm just jealous about it because he's just so many cool things. He's such a great guy. He's also been on the podcast three different times, so if you've been a, a listener for a long time, you've heard his beautiful voice before. He's the factory himself frank man that's cool. <laughs> his beautiful voice that his beautiful
2: voice is getting older but he's doing good man i'm having a good time and um yeah just before we went on the air i, I mean just kind of getting pat my father passed away a couple of weeks ago and uh that was kind of tragic but um you know he uh he was a great man lived a great life and even though it was cut a little short he um uh, I you know I probably learned my passion for living through that guy so uh, you know I love him I miss him and uh, we're just getting through it but other than that man just been you know you kind of said in your intro just doing a lot of cool stuff I'm 50 years old and uh, I'm trying to do as many cool things as I can uh, I don't guess we've been together on a podcast in about a year so all kinds of fun stuff that's uh, gone on in and around the moto world with me and uh, yeah it's gonna be fun to catch up with you on it.
1: Absolutely. Residing down in uh, Marietta, Georgia, uh, a bit of a hotbed as far as uh, motocross is concerned. For those who are familiar with Matt Walker and and his uh, one of the star instructors, and Timmy Baduri, he's one of one of the preeminent uh, instructors in the sport of motocross. I'm sure you've been on the uh, on the business ends of some of those tips and tricks as well. Um, And uh, since we last talked, you were on white ktms you're now riding orange ktms and of course when we first talked you had one of the trickiest most beautiful yz252 strokes uh in existence that one has uh long since been sold but uh, you've moved on to uh, a couple of new uh, uh pieces in the stable uh what are, what are you riding right now what what are you putting the most amount of time on and uh like i said earlier you do all kinds of stuff so you sometimes are doing hair hair scrambles and enduro stuff style stuff most of the time, you're on the motocross track uh, qualifying for such uh, prestigious races as Loretta Lins. Um But, uh, yeah, what's in the stable right now? And uh, I also know you've got some vintage bikes as well.
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was on the Husqvarna. Uh, the new-new, I guess, the 2019s uh, came out about this time last year. I uh, picked up uh, 19 KTM 450. Um, uh, of course, before I wrote it, I sent it to my good friends over there at Olin's and, uh, Olin's, if you will. And they, uh, got it all dialed in and, uh, so I'm riding that 19450 for moto. And then, uh, sure enough about, um, I don't know, maybe January, uh, I got talked into, um, doing a little off-roading uh, by my buddy, Andrew Matusik, who's, uh, It was kind of a Swiss Army knife of of motor racing, and uh, he taught me into doing some Sprint Full Gas Enduros. I went and bought one of those 19 KTM 300 XCs and sent it over to the boys at Olean's, too, and so it's all dialed in. So those are my two new bikes, and um, of course, you know, I still have the the beautiful original out of the crate, 86 uh, CR 250, and I guess since you were here, i uh found another original uh, uh cr250 but it's a 94 um uh, the old uh white and kind of pinkish one and uh yes sir i uh got answer. that that bike is that bike is so much fun it might be one of the most fun bikes i have it is uh it is a blast to ride and oddly enough the suspension's not that bad i mean it sprung for me i didn't really do anything brad but uh other than uh, spring it, I had um, I had, a custom, I had some custom pipes made for it and uh, a few other little tidbits. But um,
1: pretty much
2: stock, and uh, she runs good, and it, it's a lot of
1: fun to ride. Well, those mid-'90s Hondas were uh, pretty much a cut above. Uh, the Hondas and the Yamahas back then were basically what you wanted to be on, and uh, you got yourself a pair uh, of vintage Hondas. Um, and, and, those are not, uh, just absolutely, just not a lot of orderments for you You actually go out, you ride them a little bit, not, a, maybe not uh, as much as, 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 some people would, but you do put some, put those things through their paces a little bit. Uh, what do you like riding about, uh, the 86 and what do you like uh, riding about the 94?
2: So, yeah, so I do. I, in fact, I just raced them, uh, the week before dad, died. that Saturday or that Sunday rather, uh, the Arma. Um, came down to Mill Creek in Alabama, and uh, they had the... Arma does now. They do, um, I think it's called a... I think it's called a pre-modern class. They finally got with it, and they used to just do... uh, In their post-vintage classes, they went to, like, Ultima classes, which were... You had to have drum brakes. But So back then, I was playing around with those, and the most modern bike you could have was, like, your 84 rm 250 so yeah. I had some of those, but um, when the when the gates started not having many people on them and it, it got thin, I I stepped away for a while. But when I got the eighty six CR two hundred and fifty, Armin now has, um, which is kind of cool. They they actually have classes um, that I think it's called pre modern, and the eighty six I believe is their first year for the pre modern. I could be wrong on the dates, but, uh, and it, but you can actually now, with Arma, uh, ride all the way up to a 2019, you know, KTM two-stroke if you want. So as long as they're two strokes and, uh, just brakes, uh, um, you're, you're good to go, uh, depending on the class. Now, I think more of the modern ones, though, are going to be, uh, those classes are going to be slower to evolve into a full championship point class but um but anyway that's not your question the uh, the 86 i run in the pre-modern um and then the uh and then the 94 as well but the thing i love about the 86 is when i'm on it 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 sits lower than the 94 because the way the seat's more concave right Uh, and man it it really turns i mean you can you can really turn that bike and uh it handles really good. I mean, that was the first year of the show of cartridge forks. Um, of course, the gold rims. So you look, you look like a badass riding it. So um, with the rims, and anybody that knows Supercross, Motocross knows that was the year, I guess, when they uh, changed the rules um, to where you kind of had to be able to race them. You had to
1: buy them at the dealership. So uh, yeah, and that was that that, actually really improved uh, production bikes. That the the to race them at the 100%. production level like yeah the, the stock bikes actually got a lot yeah.
2: better because of that yeah well i mean the story was always told to me that uh, you know basically all the other manufacturers and i'm sure the motocross historians will poke holes in my re- recollection of it but basically the layman term is uh the layman the way i understood it is the other manufacturers are just getting their butt wiped all over the place by by you know big red machine and you know, they petitioned the AMA and said, Hey, you know, you've got, uh, it's not fair. And so they said, Okay, we'll, we'll just make this rule, I guess the homologation rule, maybe, or, or, uh, whatever they called it at the time. And, and basically Honda just sat back and grinned and kind of was like, Okay. And so they put all their cool stuff and, uh, put it on the production bike in 86. And, and what did you have? A Mira? Uh, Rick Johnson, and all those guys, and Bailey—they won everything.
1: Yeah, so, no, uh, Bailey wins both championships that year on the 250. Uh, like, not only did they have the best riders, they had the best bikes. 80s was—it is, is, uh, uh, was Honda that it was everybody else.
2: No doubt about it. And then you asked
1: about the 94. I mean, the 94 is just—I um,
2: wanted—I wanted a bike that uh, I wanted one of those McGrath era bikes, and the. 93 94 was always the ones that he loved and right. you know uh, i hear stories even when he was on the 95 and 6 it was still the 95 and 6 plastics but it was literally the 93 and 94 frame uh is the way i hear the stories of it because he liked that one better but i uh i came across that bike i've been looking forever and i found it here in georgia and literally the dude said yeah it's been in my barn and it's my baby and when i went over to his house he lived on a farm and he was selling stuff because his kid was going to be the next um world champion barrel racer and i kind of grinned because it sounded like exactly like every moto dad i'd ever met So he was <laughs> selling a lot of stuff to keep the keep his daughter barrel racing and i literally walked into the barn and behind some stacked hay there this thing was and i i just had to bite my lip and uh and he's like does it run oh yeah we fired it right up and uh yeah i got i paid very very little for it and uh it pretty much is exactly like it sits except for the good folks at w um laced me up uh some black rims on it and i wanted to put a 19 inch on the rear so because i'm going to ride it more than the 86 and uh Man, other than that, I had a guy in uh, Italy, Claudio Venezio, did a handmade cone pipe for it, which is just disgustingly sick and uh, And it was off the specs of the r c. Honda team at the time, uh, and so he, he made a pipe and silencer for it. That wasn't cheap, but it sure looks good, and um, it runs even better. so that's pretty much all I did with that one, and it's a, it's a blast man.
0: Yeah what's up? Colton
2: Barney of
1: Patched MX.
0: This is him. Patch the, MX, the
1: same place where I can get absolutely one-of-a-kind, 100% custom butt patches in liquid-fast turnaround time. What's going on, brother?
0: Uh, not much, dude. Just uh, cranking out the weekly orders and uh, time to start thinking about some big events coming up.
1: No doubt. On on the horizon is Monster Cup, as well as of course uh, last year you did uh, a special patch patch for uh, AJ Cottonzano for the Red Bull Straight Rhythm. What is it you're working on this week, my friend? Um,
0: gee, I don't know. I I think I should just keep it secret and let everyone find out.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if if people wanted to find out, would they have to go follow you over at patch MX?
0: Exactly. Yep. Just stay tuned on PatchedMX and uh, keep everyone updated on. Uh bike builds and stuff I'm gonna be featured in. So yeah, stay updated.
1: Fair enough. Well this is this little uh two minute conversation is gonna be featured in my podcast with factory Frank Mann, uh out of Georgia. And I think the two of uh two of us need to maybe collab a little bit to get uh some butt patches over to Frank. Who, uh, is a, uh, an FXR uh, brand ambassador uh, maybe we could like uh, much like you're being very secretive as far as what you're working on maybe you and I need to team up on for a, a top secret uh, uh, effort to uh, to really um, put uh, put something serious on the on the back of a uh, Frank's pants sound good
0: oh yeah let's do it um, I think people are really stoked when they suddenly get a butt patch and they're like wow never thought of this
1: no doubt. What's more factory than having butt patches? You know what I mean. Like factory Frank Man needs to have that. Exactly. Because all the factory guys have butt patches.
0: Yep. Exactly. Got to look fast be fast.
1: So like with with, with you, like I can get a, I can get butt patches. I can get uh, jersey lettering and stuff like that, Multicolor, mind you, as well with the uh, the jersey lettering. Um, and if I'm no good with the sewing machine, maybe I don't even own one. Could I send you my pants and you could install them for me?
0: Oh, 100%. I uh, actually install for free. I just ask that you cover shipping charges. So, simple cool. as that. Yeah,
1: if I can, if I can bear to be without well, my uh, motocross pants for uh, for a week, uh, quickly uh, ship those things off to you, send them on back to me, and I got those things installed, secure, and not worried about uh, my my sketchy stitching uh, falling out and, and having uh, losing my butt patch while I'm riding out there. And uh, you, as well as I know, I don't nearly ride enough, so I, I could probably uh, stand to get uh, have one or two sets of uh, pants out of my possession for about a week's time. Um, if people are not already following you on social media, Colton, where do they find you?
0: Um, on Instagram, it is at patchedmx, and then you can find me on Facebook as well, patchedmx. So.
1: Oh, that's that easy, guys. Go ahead. Go find Colton. Uh, Tell me how much you love his butt patches. Go get uh, something one of a kind for yourself. Colton, appreciate you always taking my call.
0: Yep. Thank you for having me on uh, weekly. It's been a big help, so I appreciate it.
1: There we go. And if anyone wants to save 15% on butt patches, they can go to patchedmx.com and enter discount code bigmx15 upon checkout. Colton, we'll talk to you later.
0: Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, man.
1: Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles—you gotta check them out. They're motocross dedicated, and they—they uh, they, they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It, it pops and crackles just like a real fire, and uh, it's gonna make your garage smell better. It's gonna make your living room smell better, and if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're gonna love these candles, and you can find them at SickWicks.com. Head there right now, enjoy them, and you're gonna love them absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products, which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality. Purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Caster 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, filming practice sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The Collective Experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, The Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out, The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there, a great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully, you're entertained. Hopefully, you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests... Whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio Podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram if you're not already following. I hope you do. It's Gebhardt 88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, BradGebhart88 at gmail.com Hit me up in the DMs and uh thank you again for listening to these uh really important commercials. Uh we do our best to uh, plug our sponsors and hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra cbd as well as uh, maxima racing oils and uh, fly racing is coming on soon and uh really looking forward to that so thanks again for listening to the big mx radio podcast garrett dale all all my good friends that are listening i really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show absolutely well i'm sure every every nickel that uh you saved on uh uh, the purchase of the motorcycle, which I I, mean, I can just imagine you, uh, uh, Frank, just standing in this guy's barn, being like, "Yeah, I don't know, like shoot me a price," and you're just like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" I, like, and, and and still get it for for basically a, uh, for uh, in that respect, a bit of a song because uh, those are hard to find and extremely hard to find in good condition. You, you got yourself a really nice one there. Um, the local riding scene in uh, in Georgia. I, I would th- come to think that it's probably one of the still the more the more vibrant ones within uh, America. Obviously, we talk a lot of people talk about how like local racing is is dying all over the place. All the kids that really want to race and they want to get serious about it, they go to these training facilities. Um, what what do you see down there? What like obviously numbers might not be where they were at in the early mid two thousands, but uh, like who's showing up on a regular basis how often do you go to the races uh and, and race like sort of a uh a regional series and stuff like that and uh and then after that I guess you could start to talk about uh your road back to uh, Loretta Lindsay's last year because uh to to go there you had to uh to go to some local races to qualify
2: Yeah yeah well you know that's actually a really good question and it's a good topic to talk about uh, you know I was uh I've spent a lot of time in the woods, um, both uh, literally and metaphorically uh, from about, geez, probably about 2000 forward uh, in my racing. And most of it was, uh, you know, GNCC, Air scrambles, NEPG, because I had this idea that, I mean, keep in mind I'm 50 years old now, but I had this my idea that uh, that uh, motocross was dangerous and you can get hurt. And um, clearly I yeah, was wrong. that, by uh, the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, nah, so um, so I didn't spend as much time back then as as some of my buddies I ride with, Matt Chu and guys that were kind of legends around here, uh, Brandon Smith and Matt Chu and even Matt Walker and and, and those era guys uh, in Georgia, where you had the divisions and stack gates just just on a weekend race. But um, I would say you know Georgia is really a, a a, a kind of a keystone of motocross in that down in South Georgia, you've got your, um, uh, your MTFs. Uh, and now you've got Matt Walker, who, who I got to say has probably built the most, um, uh, most unbelievable training compound that, that I've ever seen. And, uh, I've seen a few now and, um, you know, he built this, uh, Loretta lens track right before Loretta's and, uh, was having Loretta's camp. And I went there on a Friday and, uh, because you don't get a lot of practice time when you get to Loretta's, and I, and he built the Ten Commandments along with everything else. But just to get the flow in your mind and the routing of the track back in, and to and to be able to try different options in the commandments inside outside, you know, double double or you know two three three, uh, whatever you wanted to do, I could I could do that there before I went. So, but not to get off subject, um, the the local scene it, it's it's good and it's coming back. Um, you've got the big series and the ultra series and SAS and the Alabama has done a pretty good job. I mean, they're just right next door. So there's not as many tracks in Georgia as there once was, but, um, Alabama has got some good solid tracks and they're just an hour or two over the line. So, you know, I consider the Alabama kind of local racing for us. Um, there's some good tracks in, uh, in South Carolina and, Unfortunately, I think the fast farms just north of us in Mount Eagle, Tennessee, I understand just recently, I think they've got one more race, and then it's on the market. Um, so that's sad to see, but I do think that the sport is starting to grow again, and i tell you where I think it's growing a lot. It's really growing in the vet, a bunch of us old guys, finally breaking out the bucks and buying small bikes and getting back into it. So I think that's super rad. I mean, you think, and to give you an example, about in 2011 and twelve. Navy uh, Coombs and them were having a hard time filling a, a gate at Loretta's in the 45 and 50 class. Um, so I mean, I had buddies back in you know around that time, 2011, 12, that would go through their area, you know, go through a regional qualifier, finish 25th, send in their money, and get a get a spot on the gate at Loretta's. Whereas now, gosh, in 2017, for example. In 45-plus, I finished ninth at the Southeast Regional, which is the strongest regional uh, by power ranking in the country. And ninth place didn't get in um, as an alternate. So the, the gates are full. Um, your 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 local races, uh, are, the, the vet classes are growing in size. And uh, I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for the industry, too, because – I mean let's face it, we were all kids before riding our dirt bikes and, and when we we're kids and college age students we didn't have any money. Heck kids don't have any money now, so you know, but so they don't have it to spend. But I think your vet guys, they're they're you know, the twenty five 30, 40, and fifty plus, they have jobs. You know, that they they want to go ahead and, and spend money and they're buying product,
1: they're buying new gear.
2: Um, and, and I think it's good for the sport, to be quite honest.
1: I totally agree. It's the the guys who, like yourself, drooled over uh, nineteen ninety four uh, CR 250s and uh, they've got uh, some extra cash in their pocket. They've got the uh, the want to still buy those bikes or buy even buy a new bike. Like uh, literally, the KTM that I ride on a regular basis uh, was basically a joint effort with my dad because he wanted. Uh, he was just drooling over the KTM two hundred and fifty two strokes at the time, and I was like, "Well, like let's." So let's get one. We can share this thing. We can we can ride it together, uh, and that's something that we've been able to do. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we, with uh, uh, without him that I would have been on a, as as modern a, a two fifty two stroke as I currently am. And and I see tons of. I think we are plus forty class here in Manitoba. We had to split it uh, A's and B's. Like split up the forty group, and I don't think that we even split up the eighty class right now, which is a big difference from when I was when I was a kid. That had, we had three different, sure. basically like a seven seven to 11, 13 to sixteen, and a uh, uh, a super mini class, which is like oh, well, I guess we wrote both of those. But uh, it's just it's a, a big switch, but uh, I think it's uh, it's a, a needed one, and um, just to see so many guys coming back and. Um, uh and what also uh, aids to that is a lot of those guys who are sort of maybe maybe five or six years older than myself who have some extra cash to get back into the sport uh not too long after that they uh if they have kids they get their their kids back into it and then things start to build cyclically like that so uh, i i think it's fantastic and uh, to see you out there uh going out to the regional going out to the uh um going out to the, the area qualifiers, doing well at those, enjoying the sport, uh, getting into the community and just, like, I can only imagine local races down uh, down south where you're at. Like, Frank Mann is just a rock star down there and is known by all. He's the factory. It's the 117 in your program, number one in your hearts. I'm not just saying that because you're on the phone, my friend. Um, like, I think I'm the the big big man on campus when I roll around Manitoba, but uh, I, I might not hold a candle to you when you show up to a local race
2: down there. Well, I can tell you this: that if it's like that, it's not because it's not because of my riding. I, I it's something my dad always told me and taught us: it's, it's it's you know just be nice and love everybody, and and uh, you know I just it's just kind of my mantra, and that's kind of the way I am, and and the way I'd like to treat people is. Golden rule, man. Treat them like you want to be treated. And I just love going to the track, and 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 I've just made over the years so many good friends, and you know so many good acquaintances, and and even the folks that support me. Uh, you know, I finally made it. I you know I'm very loyal and, and and been with the same people for a long time. I did, uh, interestingly enough, uh, as I say that I made a change. Um, as you know, Timmy was uh, riding with FXR and. Andy White, who's, uh, I guess, the world brand manager, he lives up in Canada, actually, for FXR, Andy uh, was telling Timmy, he's like, hey, man, I need a guy, you know, this was last year at Loretta's, he said, I need a guy that, um, you know, that knows some folks or whatever, that could be a good brand ambassador for me, and, you know, I need a vet rider, and Timmy was like, well, I got the guy for you. And so he called me, and, and of course I've been riding with TLD for years um, through my guys with the Desert Assassins, and I just man, I didn't I didn't want to change, but I got to thinking about it and, and spent a few minutes. I talked to Andy a couple of times and got to Great thinking guy. about it. Looking at, he's an awesome guy, and and uh, and he didn't push me, and he just, he respected the fact that I wanted to, you know stay loyal with the guys at TLD and it, but I kinda got thinking about it and I finally told Wildlife shit so you know what? I think I want to make a change. Let's do it. And so I did, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I mean the relationship I've built with uh Andy White and the folks up there at FXR and not to mention their gear is, is unbelievable. Uh, looks great and the construction's even better. And I know it sounds like a commercial and I don't mean it to sound that way, but it really is good, especially for a guy like me that's 50 and I don't have any butt left anymore because it just falls off when you get older. Yes, I mean, uh, the pants stay up. Now. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just a, it's been a great deal. So, um, you know, changing the, and, and moving that brand was kind of cool for me. And um, it was just different. It was sort of, you know, like if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again you know, sometimes things can become mundane or, or you get the same kind of results. And I know it sounds silly, but making one kind of change just in what I was wearing and, and the program I was on for my gear, it, it just freshened up my, my game and my, I was really looking forward to it too, because I turned 50 in January. So it opened up, uh, new avenues and new classes for me to race. So, you know, that's kind of what was the springboard coming into, uh, 2019 was the fact that I turned 50 in January and uh, that, that set the stage for all the other, for all the successes I guess
1: There you go, well, life is a 50 year old uh, motocross racer turns itself into uh, a brand ambassador and uh, Andy if you're listening you probably couldn't have found a better one um, honestly um, well spoken about the products you talk about, you know the features and benefits of all the products that make it superior to, to all of its uh like the sort of the comparables and whatnot and I, I'm, I'm excited to hear that you're, you're liking the fxr stuff man i saw that brand begin back in its earliest days the early early 2000 um with uh milt reimer who uh he's obviously he's a, a local writer he uh, he's he's the business owner great guy entrepreneur started it basically in a uh in his basement out in a a town just a few uh, snowmobile miles. stuff wasn't it sorry
2: wasn't it snowmobile gear or something
1: yeah originally he's a, he's a snowmobile guy but he's also a motocross guy right and um, okay. like I think he his I think his truest passion lies in the motocross side of things but uh, he made it made the the snowmobile stuff really caught on I believe FXR is second or third largest uh, manufacturer of snowmobile equipment globally so they're absolutely crushing it on that side and I'm sure the, the Snowmobile side supports the uh, the MX side because uh, they're not clearly clearly not at that uh, sort of spot uh, on the motocross side of things, but they're always getting better. Their design team is awesome, and they uh, employ a lot of local people who uh, are really passionate about the sport. So, uh, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about Epixar uh, and just the, the way they've progressed over the years. And I'm glad to see that you're enjoying it and always looking fresh, by the way. Like, I don't know anybody... Who maybe like I pride myself on coming correct when it comes to coming to the track. Uh, goggles matching the helmet. You always have your viral goggles uh, matching your helmet and stuff like that. Like I'm always my my kit. I was lit kit before lit kit was lit kit as far as Manitoba is concerned. But I pick up a lot of my well, I, style, uh, my, my style tips from uh, from Frank Man down in uh, in Georgia because uh, when when it comes to showing up to the track, like your eyes are dotted, your T's are crossed, and uh, you're usually looking pretty good, my friend.
2: Well, for those of you guys that uh, listening that were heavy into the 90s motocross, or excuse me, 80s motocross, uh, you might remember Matt Shue from Georgia that raced a lot of supercross. When I was making the transition from Woods to Moto, you know, around 2012 or 13, I was riding with Matt Shue a lot. And I would show up and I'd have, you know, my van would be dialed in and my bikes would be dialed and they had the right parts in the right places. And, so on and so forth and uh you know my buddies you, but some of my friends would call me fast frankie because that's like calling a fat guy tiny right because yes. i wasn't that wasn't fast so they they thought that was funny but in and it rise, but yeah. Um, yeah matt matt quickly changed that to factory and um so matt just always called me factory and, and then uh, J- uh jason adams uh who was in the business for a long time with spy and uh matt's mechanic uh farley and all the guys back from that era just next thing you know started calling me factory and it's stuck so now i have no choice i have to make my gear match i gotta wear good looking stuff my bike's gotta look good so it's not my fault i feel like i have to i owe it to the brand
1: <laughs> no kidding you you you, you have a, a brand obligation to stay looking uh absolutely 100 percent correct uh head to toe regardless if you want to or not much Uh, Not totally unlike uh, uh, Dave Castillo, who, of course, for those who don't know, is known as Godbod. The guy, uh, literally, based on a a nickname from the mid-90s, is is forced to, um, unfortunately, he has to keep having a six-pack full-time, and uh, he's been successful in doing so as he continues uh, his work as a a stunt guy down in California. Um, So, Frank, you've been known to go to Baja. You've been known to race hair scrambles. You've you, you've been known to uh, lo- race locally in Georgia as well as uh, uh, Alabama and whatnot. You've also been known to go to Loretta Lynn's, which is uh, on my bucket list. Uh, I'd love to go there one day. I'd love to qualify for it. I might have to be fifty years old by the time I get fast enough to do so. Um, tell me about your journey getting back there this year.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: Well,
2: uh, listen, I've always said that uh, if you were to, if you were to take your 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 age and your speed when it comes to motocross or off-road racing and you and and you put on the vertical your age and on the horizontal your speed and you drew a line there and you put it on a graph your biggest success is going to come from where your speed and your age meet and that varies from everybody um so like my speed was, would be really bad if i was 30 but it ain't bad for when you're 50 I like that. you, you dig what i'm saying so at some point, you just—I guess my point in saying is—if you love it, keep going, and 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 at some point during your career, hopefully it happens more than once, but you'll have a you'll have a time where your success is going to be uh, accentuated because your your talent and your age meet at the at the perfect harmonious spot on your uh, on your talent chart, and uh, that's where you'll find your most success. And then if you're fortunate enough to to uh you know have the right attitude about it and, and go out there and and uh do it for the fun of it for the love of the sport uh you can so I mean that's kind of my take on it because listen I, I I'm not getting any faster my body's not producing any more testosterone and so all I can do is mountain bike and stay in shape the best I can and hope that prolongs my life and in there and so if I can keep riding my dirt bike and, and making friends through the sport that's what I want to do but I'll tell you the Loretta's thing it, it, this year kind of uh, it kind of coincided differently. So I, what was interesting and and tragic at the same time is I told my wife when I turned fifty, I'm like, listen, this is my year. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to qualify. Um, I'm not going to win Loretta's. I'm not going to be John Grew and Earl May and those guys. Those guys are legends. Barry Carson, all of them. They're they're awesome, and I love just being on the gate with them, and they're my friends. But. Um, yeah. Uh, and arguably and they're faster not
1: th- now than they were as pros.
2: Sure, and they're not threatened <laughs> by me. Neither is probably twenty-five percent of the twenty-five of those guys that the, on the gate. But um, but I know where I fit, and, and my goal is just to get there and have a good time and represent <laughs> represent the people who helped me well. And uh, so anyway, I say all that to say this. So I don't know. I guess it was probably February, and uh, I get a phone call from Andrew Matusso. And Andrew Matusa calls me up and he says, he goes, hey, man, do you want to come ride Stuart Baylor's place? Stuart Baylor, the GNCC and NEPG rider. Uh, I'm like, I go, this weekend? I'm like, he said, yeah. I said, dude, I can't. I've got an area qualifier. And he goes, oh, man, all right. And I go, well, hey, how about let's do it next weekend? I can do it the next weekend. Andrew goes, no, nope. next week is not good. That's the first uh, round of the uh, sprint full gas enduro. And I said, what is a Kenda Sprint Full Gas Enduro? And he goes, seriously? I'm like, yeah, what is it? he goes, dude, it's, uh, it's half moto and, and it's half uh, enduro and you race against the clock and you do tests and it's over two days. It's, they got it. It's kind of like the ISDE and the six days. And he said, but they do it now. It's a series. You'd love it. You ought to do it. And so that was like that. So that Sunday night I called him back and I'm like, hey, tell me more about this thing. And he's telling me about it, so I called uh, my dealer. I said, "Hey man, you guys got a 300 over there?" And the guy that got me my 450, he's like, "Yeah." I go, "Get it ready. I'll pick it up Tuesday." So I picked it up Tuesday. I go over and and, uh, and, and I go over and break it in up at my buddy's house. Uh, just about 20 minutes, just to just to seat the bike. And um, so I show up and uh, I go to GTR, which is the round one, and it's it's cold, and uh, not like Canada cold, but it's set the south cold. And anyway, I didn't really know what's going on. And so um, I go up there, I sign up. Uh, I said, "She goes, I go, well, hey, I'll, I'll run the series. So can I just get a permanent number? And uh, uh, Jason Hooper's wife was working, the, uh, who run, owns the series, his wife was there. And she's like, yeah, sure, what number uh, do you want? And I said, oh, well, of course, I'll take 117. She goes, no, it doesn't work like that. She goes, you have to pick, because you're, you're 50 plus, You got to pick between 550 and 599. Anyway, make the story shorter. I said, just give me 550. Well, little did I know that when you stage on a full gas Enduro, they stage the very first test by number. So that meant all year long, I got to go first. So good call on my part. Didn't know it. You could have been 599. That's (laughs) right. That would have been bad. So. Anyway, so it's, this this one's got a motocross track. It's the GTR motocross part? So you kind of do a little grass track, and then you would run pretty much the full motocross tracks as the first test. Well, Mike Crane, and if anybody's listening, they can go Google Mike Crane and Georgia and motocross, and they'll see he's in the vault. He ran some uh, outdoors back in the '80s, and uh, he was a, a legend down here in Georgia. But he's healing up from a wrist injury because he still races, and he's still ridiculous fast. So he's out there hanging out with me. So we go to the gate and it's cold. I give him my a, a jacket that FXR hooked me up with. Nice little plug there. And uh, I take off in the first test. Well, I, before I go, the guy in front of me in the class, I I saw him and he really looked like an enduro guy. And I kind of I was like, dude, I'm I'm gonna shred this track over here. So I bumped him. I'm like, hey man, I said, if I catch you on the track. I said, I kind of ride a lot of moto. I said, do me a favor. I, this guy had the blinkers and stuff. He didn't look like he was going to be jumping. So I said, do me a favor. Just hold your line. He goes, oh, yeah, no, I get it. And I, he goes, no, I don't do any jumping. He said, but I, I know what the good lines are. I'll get out of the way and let you have them. I go, no, 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 no. I don't want you getting out of the way. I want you to stay wherever you are. So he was like, all right, cool. Well, we take off on our clock, and I end up catching the guy before the trap. Anyway, I come back in, and – and uh, and I had passed all the way up through the class that was in front of us. And uh, when I got done, Mike Crane was there, and I go, "How did I do?" And it's only like a seven-eight minute test. He goes, "They're going to be mad at you." And I go, "Why?" And he goes, "Because you won by a minute." And I'm like, <laughs> "I did?" And it was the motocross thing, of course. Now keep in mind, this was the one. Of, this was the first round. It had you know big it had big doubles and rhythm sections and stuff that it didn't have anywhere else. The rest of the year. So, it really helped out a motocross guy. So, anyway, I went 12 for 12 that weekend and, and I was hooked. And so, got to spend some time hanging out with Caleb Russell, and who I kind of knew from back when he was a little kid when I was racing in the woods. But I ended up racing this whole series. Well, here's the thing where it ties to Loretta Lynn. Matusik's win in his, too. Well, I've known him for years and we've been friends. And so, we decided, well, we'll just go to all these full gas sprint enduros. And, they don't, and, and it worked out great because they didn't overlap with any of my local races or any of the area regional qualifiers. So I'm like, man, this is perfect. So anyway, I go on through the season, and I, I ended up winning the championship, the AMA championship for the 50-plus um, B-class in the in the full gas enduro. So stoked on that. So check the box. I'm doing something cool. Like I told my wife, I want to do some cool stuff when I turn 50. But in the meantime, Andrew's like, dude, this is great cross training for loretta's because it's sprinting you're getting your sprint speed up you're riding rough beat out crap roots rocks ruts ruts bud whatever and he's right so anyway i go to the area qualifiers and i finish second and um and make it uh uh and i decide i was going to do two i was actually going to do two uh regionals uh, me and my dog emma we take my sprinter van and my camper and drive all the way up to uh, the heck did we go we were going to go to um, uh, it's up there in indiana I drove all the way up there and uh my brain's not working right now but anyway i get up there and it's late at night and, and i go to park and it'd been raining i slide in sideways my van's all crooked i'm on a slope i can't sleep they can't pull me out to the morning i get up the next morning it was at the bomber track, something, uh, what's the track up there, anyway, it doesn't matter, so I get up the next morning, I'm like, man, I'm out, I'm going home, so I load up, I'm like, I'm just, if I'm going to Loretta's, I'm getting into the southeast, and, uh, so I just bagged it, it was mud, I got them to tow me out with one of these monster truck tractors, and it was just a, it was a mess, but I drove back home the next day, and, and I ended up just left myself in the southeast and so I was fortunate enough to go down there and uh certainly wasn't going to win the southeast but I rode good enough to qualify and uh got into Loretta's and dude it was uh it was an unbelievable experience from top to bottom and um golly it was uh it was awesome oh and I did podium the gate draw I pulled third gate pick it was sweet there you go Grew and Karsten and Earl and all those guys were pulling, like, 35 to 42. And I'm um, like, listen, I reached in there, grabbed that number three trip. I've got it framed down in my down in the man cave as we speak.
1: That was my best
2: performance at the national right there is, is the chip pull. Hey.
1: They don't ask how they ask how many man, and uh, that's a that's a podium in my book. I I, I think I I get started with the first gate pick like one time in my entire life, and I've been racing since ninety nine. So um, yeah, it's uh, that that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and you know it was kind of neat because they so when they when Kevin Kelly, so we were race number eight, I think, or whatever we were, but we were at ten o'clock Central time and racer tv came live on uh at 11 a.m eastern so we're the first race on the very first day of loretta's and uh kevin being from georgia he had i had spoken to him uh prior and he knew that my dad was having um, colon cancer surgery that monday of practice and so if you were watching the broadcast you're sitting there and of course i can't see it i'm at loretta's there's no cell service it's a it's a it's a nightmare when it comes to data there but so i find out later when i come home and watch it all but kevin was uh kind enough when they were saying you know and this guy racing number whatever out of wherever and frank man from marietta georgia and we. And then he said we want to thank we hear you know racer or, or mx sports want to wish mr man or whatever a, a speedy recovery from his surgery and uh so he made a nice comment and it really made and to me that was the whole week that's I have him mention my dad. <clears throat> sorry, I get a little choked up. Mention my dad while I was at Loretta. He couldn't be there because he was sick. And, um, that was just, that was so awesome. And then as it turns out, I'm around the 20th something spot after the first moto and, uh, or maybe it was 30th. Anyway, but I get, uh, somehow I get the next two times I'm at the gate, I get right next to the doghouse nobody wanted it i'll take it and it turns out the camera's right there behind the doghouse so it was cool for family and folks that can't really follow motocross they could sit there while the while we were staging and they could watch me stage in and timmy's dad came down from michigan and he was my mechanic and set up my gate i actually had little d he came to be little d was my umbrella girl in my first moto I love and that. uh yeah that was pretty sweet and then uh yeah, that was cool. In fact, it was just a lot of good times down there, man. Me and uh, uh, Kyle Dangler and Joel uh, Thornberry with FMF, they took me down uh, that Saturday. We we did a 10-mile kayak down the Buffalo River, uh, which was just awesome. So just really tried to soak up the environment there, man. It was, uh, you know, it's, you, when you're only in one class, you got a lot of free time. And so we had a blast, just. Hanging out with everybody, the guys that specialized, and 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 um, uh, Will Pegram from uh, Owens was down there, and he hooked up my he hooked my mountain bike up with some suspension, some Owens suspension on it. And Jeez, uh, I must have mountain
1: biked a million miles that week. Um,
2: just hanging out in between races, it was fun.
1: That's awesome. Uh, and like I said, like if for those who have, like if you've been listening to this podcast by now, you figured out Frank Man does fun stuff. Frank, man, just like that's, that's why I had you on the podcast, just to like shed light on uh, like what you can enjoy when you bring the sport of motocross in, and you just just embrace it. And uh, I think you do exactly that. You probably do it better than uh, probably better than anybody else that uh, that that I'm, that I'm all that close to. Like, um, you, you go to some cool races. You've got cool bikes. You've uh, you're you're great with your sponsors. Everybody that's ever supported you, I imagine, uh, like. It's, just, it's a no brainer to re up with you year after year uh, when it comes to uh, the, the levels of support that you've gotten in the past. And uh, um, if you want an example of someone who's doing it right, somebody who's uh, just enjoying the sport and, uh, and loving it, knowing about it, and uh, um, it, it's Frank, man. So uh, that, that's uh, yet another reason why we needed to have you back on, my friend. This has been uh, an awesome uh, time to just uh, chit chat back and forth. Um, and yeah, like it's it's always a pleasure for me to call you back up again, and uh, just got whether it be going down memory lane or talking about uh, new new adventures that you've had, or uh, or what's on the horizon for you.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was always fun. I it was I hate it again. I couldn't get with you a couple of weeks ago, but um, yeah, man, it's always fun. I hope you get back down here again. Uh, I was uh, I'm jealous of your weather right now. Uh, over Labor Day weekend, I went up and did the Baja Brawl. And, Sir, uh, that? dude, that, that is a blast. For any of you guys that haven't raced the Baja Brawl, you need to get to Michigan and go race Baja Acres on Labor Day. It was, it was awesome. I, uh, think I was around eighth and 45 and, uh, podium that got a third place in, uh, 50 plus. Nice. And, um, uh,
1: Some big yeah, jumps so there too. Cool. What's that? Some big jumps there too. Like, uh, for 50 years old, the. Uh uh frank you don't shy away from jumps that uh, i might think yeah. twice about
2: i still send it <laughs> yeah, do. i may not be very fast but i'll still send it I, I don't know i like it man maybe my dad was a pilot and that rubbed off on me i like to fly a little bit but um yeah no that's a great race and but the weather was even better i mean we got up there um pulled up there pulled my camper up there and didn't even run the generator other than to keep the batteries charged because it was like mid fifties in the evening and 71 one two no humidity during the day and you know living down here today it was 96 degrees and uh for me to be up there riding around on that so now granted that place is uh, in in areas of that track it's the llama of the united states to me it was so rough and deep sand but uh nothing that uh nothing that a good paddle tire and and uh some uh some smiles on your face can get you through because it sure is brutal, but it's fun. You got to go there. Yeah, the, the festivities from the Ronnie Mac to the Canadian guy with the long hair that jumps the snow sl- uh the Cinda guy. He was yep. up there. They did trick jet ski. Yeah, that's him. They had the trick ski jet ski guys. I mean, just just all kinds of fun. Pit bike races, and I had my. I had my crew with me, so I was up there. I had Timmy with me, Timmy Bedore, and Caleb Carter, the Joe Dirt. Yes. And it's become famous for his La Rocco's Leap step over. I was about um, to say,
1: for those who don't know, and if, if, you've, if you have Instagram, you've seen it, Joe Dirt uh, going over the bars. Uh, was that press day, or was that uh, amateur day? That,
2: that was same. press day. It was either press, that, yeah, no, that was the no That was the Friday that was that
1: was the Friday, I think. Yeah, yeah. That
2: was I'm pretty wild. sure it was either the Friday or it was qualifying. It might have been. I think it was qualifying. I think it was Saturday of qualifying.
1: And and of course, that's actually to to your knowledge, that's not the scariest moment that uh, that Caleb's had in his uh, young motocross career. I don't think he's scratching the surface at 21 years old yet, and uh, he's had some pretty he's had some doozies over the years.
2: A kid, he's a he's a cat with nine lives. But
1: yeah, if you guys uh, that are listening
2: and haven't seen it, um, go check out Caleb Carter uh on Instagram and uh see the kid is unbelievable. He's he's uh his hair is his hair's as unbelievable as his riding tails, that's for sure. But um yeah, we had a great time up there, man, and um like I said, I it's been fun getting on the phone with
1: you again and uh
2: and catching up. Um, catching up on our world of
1: moto. Fair enough. Well, before I let you go, I've got two questions for you. You'll answer them in succession, my friend. First of all, what is it you have on the horizon? Uh, What are you looking forward to uh, as uh, things start to sort of uh, wrap up for, uh, I guess, for our fall fall time, uh, you'll probably, you'll you'll be basically able to ride, ride and race around the calendar. What's on the horizon for you? Where do you plan on getting some throttle therapy next? And of course, the 2020 uh, FXR gear is out. What are you uh, licking your chops at, and and hoping to uh, to get uh, in your possession uh, in the next little while here? Because, uh, like I said, factory guy has to look fresh.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. No, the
1: the, the Andy uh, the,
2: the gear is already on its way. Uh, uh, the, I love the new Revo and the Helium, so uh stuff's just sick um so it's andy showed me the catalog when we were at loretta's and he said unfortunately so at loretta's none of us had even mike brown we all had the um we all had the, the existing 2019 because the 2020 stuff didn't drop till 10 days after loretta's yeah so, at, uh, but yeah uh yeah that's right i think and then we got uh so I've got some sets already coming, and uh, as far as racing coming up, I've got uh, probably the uh, Suzuki All-Stars or something coming up at uh, Muddy Creek. I think that's October, first weekend of October, probably going to go up there and uh, get banged around a little bit. Uh, I'm definitely going to be at Minio's for Supercross and Motocross, so go down there and race a bunch of those snowbirds that come down because it'd be too cold up north already and um really just try to spend a lot of more time with my family too you know dad uh with dad being gone we've kind of left a hole and uh he was kind of the hub if you will of our family wheel. so i'm having to step up and, and help you know some things i didn't expect that i have to do so soon but um other than that man just going to keep riding and having a good time and um and just hopefully keep the wheels up on top of the ground
1: right on my friend well uh love to catch up uh really enjoyed this conversation and uh we're gonna have to have you on uh a little bit more frequent basis than uh um we've had you on in the past like you said it's probably been over a year since we had you on last time that's too much time um, and, uh, so we're gonna have to tighten that up. Maybe, uh, uh, sometime around the Atlanta Supercross where, uh, I look to, uh, make my way back down and, uh, hopefully there's still a space on the, uh, on your office floor for me to, uh, to come take a nap. Oh, we've expanded. We got more room now. So you got, you'll have a bed. Fair enough. Fair enough. I had that the second night. We're all good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> just sleeping in your office there with that much uh georgia dog stuff all over the walls and stuff like that i I felt very secure and and, and nestled in it it was good
2: (laughs) we love our sec football
1: down here yes sir um so i really appreciate you making the time we're going to do this again sometime soon uh thank you for for uh just uh speaking so candidly about the sport of motocross and sharing your love for it and uh um uh, all I got to say, man, is uh, uh, all of the, the amazing lessons and things that uh, your dad passed on to you over the years. Uh, they've certainly turned you into somebody who's uh, one of the most interesting men in motocross, someone that I love to have around me. You're a successful guy, and uh, uh, keep doing what you do, man, because what you do is real good.
2: I really appreciate it. And I'll tell you
1: the same thing, a man mentioned earlier that
2: one, the one thing that uh, he left us all with was simple two words. Be nice.
1: There you go. That's it. There you go, everyone. Be uh, be nice, and uh, um, please, hope that you enjoyed this podcast with uh, with Frank. If you didn't enjoy it, uh, he is on uh, he's on Instagram. You can go uh, message him or leave angry comments, but uh, I don't think you'll get any any of those, <laughs> Frank. Uh, but uh, say hi to your lovely wife uh, who uh, uh, cooked me many meals while I was down there. Um, uh, in, in Georgia, and also uh, say hello to uh, my favorite dog. Uh, of course, my, my girlfriend's dog isn't listening right now, but uh, Lily Bunny down in uh, in Georgia. And oh. I haven't met Emma yet, so I have to, that's another reason why I gotta come down there.
2: Yeah, come on down. Yeah, Lily is, uh, she's doing good. She's had some surgeries, but she's 12 and a half and she's feeling great. And you gotta meet Emma, the
1: uh, little chop-a-lap. She's, she's a hoot. There you go, my friend. Well, uh, we'll put that. On the uh, the, the to do list to get down to uh, Murrieta in uh, in short order, but uh, this has been an awesome podcast. Look we'll look forward to do it again sometime. Do not hang up just yet because we got to do it, talk a little bit more uh, once the we stop recording on this thing. But uh, for podcast sake, I think we're going to cut it off right there.
2: Great, thanks.
1: Perfect. That's uh, that's great radio, my friend. That's uh, basically filled the hour to the brim great conversation good laughs great information i think that uh, uh i can just uh wrap that up with a pretty bow
2: perfect man i appreciate it that was fun man and uh yeah let us know if you get i know you got school and all that going on i'm happy for you for that and uh, i meant to tell you uh, you're you've, you're hitting the gym dude you're
1: getting huge Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I've been uh, working working at it. Uh, I wasn't happy with where my body was at uh, uh, basically exactly a year ago. Um, just like shitty eating and, and not doing like, – I, I know what I'm not supposed to do. I was just doing all of those things, and uh, I sort of let my body get to where I, I really wasn't happy with. I wasn't happy with uh, my fitness level whatsoever, and uh, so I stripped myself down. I was um, – hundred. I was two hundred and six pounds at twenty three percent body fat. Um, this time last year, uh, by by Christmas, I was down to one hundred and eighty six pounds at eight uh, percent body fat. And uh, right now, right. I'm hovering. Uh, yeah, I've, I've ripped right down, man. And uh, I'm I'm hovering right around uh, one ninety right now, and uh, right in around the the ten percent body fat thing. So uh, it's um it's a it's a work in progress i, I want to get uh almost i want to look at like i don't know i just want to look like superman that's all um and well, there um, you go dude.
2: up and um uh, i guess i'll go downstairs and, and, and visit with val and get back into the evening but uh dude thanks again for having me on it's always yes, fun sir. to to get on there and, and uh get the shout out to some folks that helped me out so it was cool
1: Excellent, absolutely, and uh, you're, you're the kind of person that uh, like you just got such a great story. You speak so well, and uh, I hope that uh, people hit you up and uh, and continue following along with your your, your journey because it's a great one. And uh, yeah, let's, let's keep in touch, my friend. Uh, I'm sure I'll have uh, lots of questions for you, especially as uh, my, my uh, uh, courses move over to the uh, the sales and marketing side of things, because uh, I have a sneaking suspicion you're pretty damn good at that stuff.
2: <laughs> Anything I can ever do to help you, you just call me.
1: All right, cool, man. Well, uh, I appreciate the time. You have yourself a great rest of your night.
2: See you, buddy. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks, Rick.